I, I think the poet or the filmmaker or the musician, the poet must not avert his eyes. You must not avert your eyes. This is what is coming at us. Um, it's like we've got time. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to One Good Thing, the podcast that tries to find the top secret microchip in the child's toy. I'm Paul Salt. I'm a sticky bandit. <sighs> he is a sticky bandit. <laughs> but I'm a wet bandit. <laughs> which is, yeah, it's, it's worse. But together with the dry bandits, how does that work? I don't think sticky and wet things combine that way. Well, <laughs> don't try that at home, kids. You, you obviously never did GCPS science. I didn't do GCPS science. No, that's very true. Mm. Uh, today we shall be talking about the um, comedy family film, uh, an entry into the Home Alone franchise about a boy defending his home from villains. Um, this is the first in the series not to be directed by Christopher Columbus, uh, but instead by Roger Gosnell, director of films such as Big Mama's House, Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. The Smurfs 2, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, The Smurfs... The film was recommended by podcast Avoid Being Hated. Liz and Tony, with an eye, interview experts on awkward situations so that you, the listener, can avoid them and stop all of those people thinking truthfully that you're a rubbish human. Paul, I've noticed that a lot of people hate you. Yes. What do you do about it? Um, I just note them down in my little book. Oh, okay. um, and I reassure myself that um, once the sun's gone down... Eventually it's... The tables will have turned. Full time. Yeah, it's full time. So what episodes? It's full time when the sun goes down, Paul. So what episodes would you like to see? Avoid being hated at? Um, the gymnasium. Okay. Um, I had uh, by geese and also the local sex gym. So we had very similar yes. ideas. Well, that's good. Anyway, You thanks. go to the sex gym. That's next door to my gym. The local, yeah. The they lo- make a hell of a lot of noise in there. Just, just saying. Well, anyway, thanks Liz and Tony. <laughs> if you want to check out their podcast, you can find them on Twitter at Avoid Being Hated which is also the name of the podcast, so it's very clever. So yes, thank you very much for descri- uh, for prescribing this film for us, um, Home Alone 3. Yeah, it was mm. uh, made at the height of the Home Alone popularity, just sure. a few years after Home Alone 2, uh, and was received very poorly by critics and audiences. Um, Andy Seiler at USA Today said, Staying home alone is definitely a better idea than seeing Home Alone 3. <laughs> <laughs> Um, staying Roger home alone Ebert. doing what? Because, um, I mean, staying home alone and eating sawdust. <laughs> it's probably a worse idea than seeing Home Alone 3. I wouldn't recommend it. Remember, guys, the one good thing about Home Alone 3 is that it is a superior idea to eating sawdust in your living room. Roger Ebert has something to say. Oh, good. Gotta listen to that. Okay. To my astonishment, I liked the third Home Alone movie better than the first two. I'm even going so far as to recommend it. Wrong. Although not to grown-ups, no. unless they are having a very silly day. No, I'm sorry, Roger but you were yeah. wrong on this occasion. I don't like that idea of, I'd recommend it, but not to adults. It's like, mm. oh, so it's, it's good enough for kids. Yeah. Maybe not for adults who are thinking. Yeah. But kids, you know kids. You know kids? Do you know um, kids? 
Bob Smith at IMDb said this film is that of the most ridiculous over the top I have ever seen. Brackets besides Mega Shark versus Giant Squid. That was abysmal. So he's not a kid. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's a not kid. Oh, okay. I think I know what you're getting at now. Paul, you son of a bitch. Wait Hello. a minute. Have I just used that exact one before? From Mother's Day, yeah. Have I just repeated myself? Yeah. Oh, well, that seems like a really lazy and stupid thing to do is just do the exact same thing over again. Oh. Oh, well, let's see if we get away with it and then we'll do something about it. Paul, you son of a bitch. Hello. Hello. What was the thing that made this better than Mega Shark versus Giant Squid? Mm, I'm not so sure about that. I can tell you what pitches it between Mega Shark versus Giant Squid and eating sawdust at home alone. Okay. It was the bit when you went, ah! Oh, that bit! Yeah. Oh, I love that bit. It was really unexpected. <laughs> it was wonderful. It's always unexpected. That's the thing. Yeah. The four times it happens in the original movie, each time it was unexpected. Oh, gosh. The many more times it happens in Home Alone 2, one time by Donald Trump, it was very unexpected. <laughs> Adam Sandler was there too. <laughs> but, um. That's, uh, one of a long line of impressions to come. <laughs> Just you wait, fellas! <laughs> Um, okay, Paul, that sounds like an amazing film in which, um, a young boy, uh, turns to camera, puts his, uh, hands on the other side of his mouth and goes, ah! Hmm. So, what happens in Home Alone 3, the family film? We're doing a lot of family films at the moment, aren't we? Family! We are. It's never a family film, but there are no gays in this one. Are there no gays? Are there any, um, massive drug deals in this one? Like family film Kangaroo Jack? Well, there might be, but do you know what there is, though? What's that? Fucking immigrants. What? Just fucking immigrants everywhere. <laughs> four of them. <laughs> four of them? Which is 400% more immigrant than I like <laughs> in my day-to-day life. Now, hold on there a minute, because I assume you're referring to the four thieves. The four thieves. Thieves. Mm. Look at these thieves. My thieves. My thieves. Go, my um, thieves. Were they all European? Oh no, the the the, the lady like the, was American. I think. Was she though? Because, because well, I remember her being sinister, and I remember attributing a German accent to her when discussing her. Oh, I think that was just wishful thinking. Oh, fingers crossed. Uh, no, and then there was the other guy, the 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 funny, the Home Alone one and two star guy who was. He was American. He was American. Then we had. He was Ger- funny. And then we had two vaguely Central European. Yeah, guys. maybe the other guy was Russian. Oh, Russian and, Ger- and a German. Russian and German. Yeah, maybe. well, any, any, anyway, filth all of them. Fuck, yeah, filth. Fucking ate them. And what, what these filth, what these filth thieves are doing um, at the beginning of the film is that they are stealing, well, they're not stealing, they're taking delivery of a top secret microchip. Yes. Which uh, needs to be delivered from point A to point B and needs to be brought through airport customs. Um, and so they hide their top secret microchip. Yes. Inside a child's toy, a remote, a radio car, as I believe they used to be called back in the 90s. Yes. They go to the airport, the four thieves, and there's a bit of a mix up with the bags yeah. because of American Airlines overzealous security measures. American Airlines will lose your kids and your stuff and will subject you to overly invasive security measures. Yeah. Although that, this, this was more, this was pure bad luck. They were, yeah, I guess. There were a lot of people going through, and the old woman picked up her bag without checking, yeah, you know, anything beyond that. Because, because why would you? You trust American Airlines. You trust American Airlines, um, and everyone who does, um, ends up in a Home Alone movie. Yeah. <laughs> Every single passenger on an American Airlines fl- flight ends up in Home Alone. I haven't been on an American Airlines flight, and I haven't been left Home Alone once. Yeah, exactly. Ergo. In spite of your best efforts. Yeah. Just. <laughs> Never happen. Keep trying, they always find me. (laughs) 
my mum tattooed uh, her name into my forehead from I a very young that. age. Yeah, I know. You I... never brought it up. No, I, I. Well, it didn't. It wasn't actually a tracking. I didn't realize your mother's name was worthless shit. <laughs> You're looking at you're looking at the wrong tattoo. Oh, sorry. Which I can understand. She had the she had uh, her name done in Chinese because uh, oh, okay. she was of that generation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next thing that happens is there's a mix up at the airport, um, and an old lady ends up with the radio control car. They oh. try to find her and fail. Yeah. Uh, the old lady then gives the uh, radio control car to um, Kevin. Yeah. The star of Home Alone. Kevin McAllister three. Yes, Kevin McAllister 3, or, or Kevin McAllister 2.0. Yes. Technically. Um, he has, he's grown up a lot in the five years since the last film. Um, he now has dark hair. Yeah. He's much shorter. Um, yeah, it's, it's very strange. Half of his siblings died. Half of his siblings died. His extended family have gone away. Yeah. He still has a redhead mum. Yes. So Kevin McAllister the third's mum has to go out. She has yeah. a very interesting subplot. She's, um, See, I remembered her as being a single mum when I first watched this as a 12-year-old. Yeah, me too. Um, and I think the dad is a kind of uh, Christmas treat, not an entity, isn't he? He, he, <laughs> he goes away on, a, on like a business trip. He's a I business dad. Now. And he, um, so he's gone for most of the movie. Yes. Um, the mum has to go to work despite the fact that uh, Kevin the Third has chicken pox. Oh. And, uh, when is there ever a good time to just leave your kids on their own for a while? When they're, you know, going to be up to full strength so they can fight off thieves. Just after Christmas. Yeah. Um, which is uh, the setting of this film. So it's your first subversion from the uh, the Home Alone model. <laughs> and um, <laughs> What is this? It's a, uh, the singularity's breaking, Paul. We have to try and get back on track. The um, So the mum goes goes off to work. She's just a, she's a single mum, right? Basically, a, she's a de facto single mum. Yes. She's just looking, looking out for her kids and uh, she goes. Yeah. Well, we get establishing shots of the family. So yes, we've got busy mum, we've got ghost dad, mm. we've got... Um, not Buzz, mm-hmm. who is the eldest brother, who is not Buzz. He's a redheaded um, not Buzz. He's a redheaded not Buzz who looks goofy. His mm-hmm. hair is shot directly upwards like Barton Fink, and he pulls a lot of quizzical and non-incredulous-looking expressions, um, which aren't just don't ring sincere like Buzz did. Yeah. Um, Buzz was a great performance in that movie oh, in the gosh, first yeah. in the first Home Alone movie. Um, then we have a elder sister, which is the first on-screen appearance of Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's in there as also the sort of elder sister who sort of teases, um, Kevin. Um, yeah, and she's, that's our she's... situation. So, yes, um, on the first day of the movie, uh, Kevin's mum is drawn away, has to go in for a few hours and can't be at home with Kevin. Mm. Uh, during that, he notices that there were some thieves breaking into the house, um, into the house across the street because um, basically they're looking for this bag that contains the car and they know it's in this area because they followed the taxi but they don't know which house it was in so they're breaking into each house to try and find the chip yes um, he calls the cops the cops arrive the thieves the thieves escape they have lots of high-tech thief tools which help them to evade detection mm-hmm. it basically doesn't look like anyone was there and so they get away um, the cops sort of wag their finger at young Kevin, tell him not to do it again. Uh, he basically gets a sort of light teasing from his older siblings. Yes. Second day is left alone. Uh, his mum is called away for a few hours just to do something. He notices there are thieves in the house across the street because they're trying to find the microchip hidden inside the small toy. Uh, he calls the cops. Uh, the cops arrive. The thieves have left. And because they have high tech, high tech tools, they're able to cover their, uh, break in. And, um, Kevin gets a sort of, 
a slightly more stern speech from the actual chief of police mm-hmm. and moderate teasing from his older siblings. Yes. On the third day he's left alone, he notices there are thieves across the street. And mm-hmm. so obviously, you know, what he does next is that he engineers a remote control car with a video camera in order yes. to record them to prove that they are breaking into this house. Yes. He couldn't just stick the video camera out the window and film thieves entering and leaving the house. No. And show it to the police and, like, the owners of the house saying, hey, this isn't you. No, that would be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. He has to strap it to a car and, like, drive the car over there as to observe. We, hmm, as we all would. As we all would. As I have done. Yeah. I did that this morning. Yes. F- for you. You did. I noticed there was a, re- a remote control car sort of f- slipping and flipping around my room. And you weren't very good with it, so I heard it smashing against my door for 15 minutes before. Yeah, but you didn't see the remote control owl, did you? What? Hootie? Yeah. That's just my owl. What do you mean? No! <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so don't go... So, yeah, he doesn't go over. Don't go slagging off my, my car skills, because I'll owl you. You'll allow me. Allow you good. Salt. It's <laughs> been owled. Um, yes, that happens. Mm. He records them. Uh, the thieves notice the car. They chase after the car in a sort of dramatic scene mm-hmm. that they have in the movie. They have a scene. They get, they get a scene on. In it's which they sort of chase after the car. Yeah. Um, they catch the car. They get the tape, but they continue, but then Kevin is able to, uh, sort of maneuver the car and get away and they continue to chase the car. Mm. Kevin obviously thinks, well, hang on a minute. Why were they continuing to chase the car after they retrieved the tape? What's going on? He opens up the car and there's a microchip on it. Don't. There's a microchip. And obviously he knows, you know, because it's got printed on it, property of the United States military. Police call this number if found. <laughs> Very much like the radioactive goo from Night of the Living, Return of the Living Dead. Or something written by Paul Greengrass recently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just um, if found, top secret. Uh, do not use for blackmail purposes um, or extortion Please return to this Pentagon, Pen- 123 Pen- Pentagon Street. Care of Dave. Yeah. Um, PO Box. <laughs> one. <laughs> Ring twice, leave behind the letter, leave behind the plant pot if no one's in. Yeah, it says all that. So he gets in touch with a local army recruitment person, says, hey, I found this microchip, here's the number for it. Um, and yeah, that goes away and is dealt with. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the thieves want their chip back and they know now which kid has it. Yeah. So, and the little kid knows they're going to be breaking into his house yeah. to uh, get it back. Yes. So there's a little montage of him setting up some, let's call them amusing defense methods. Hmm. Yes. I'd, 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 I'd call them booby traps because boobies. Oh, you. Uh, you know, they're, they're sneaky, aren't they? You Especially are. Especially when you say it like that. You are incorrigible. What? Is that, is that an insult? You want to get owled? No, no. <laughs> I will earn the trust of Owly. So, uh, Ke- yeah, Kevin gives the not my neighborhood speech. Yeah. You know, he can't do this to me in my home. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be ready for them. No, we don't get that music. No, that's John Williams's um, brilliant soundtrack to Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Also heard in Home Alone Two, which mm-hmm. was um, not used in this movie. No, it was more of a staccato piano uh, bit, wasn't it? That I, oh, was it or was it one of its upbeat? No, it was. Wasn't it its upbeat '90s rock tracks? I think you might have heard on your radio whilst driving around the neighbourhood. You, the children. The children, the non-kids. Why are you, why are you Palpatine? <laughs> Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> it's just, you know, the kids. Setting just... up your 
traps. I'm just showing that I understand the kids just as much as the directors of this film did. No, which is a lot. Well, yeah. Um, I think there were two, there were two montages, weren't there? Um, yes. And one of them had that. One of them had that just awful thing. The children's music. Children's music. And, um, well, not children's music, but the mu- music of the youth. Yeah. And, um, another one, there was one before that, I think, which was like a, staccato piano kind of kind of thing yeah neither of which evoked the same sense of wonder and excitement um yeah. the first two films yeah of course with john williams this masterful mm-hmm. uh use of theme in order to uh really establish the changing confidence of kevin yeah um so we have that montage we then have 40 minutes of thieves just walking into traps yeah uh and then the thieves get caught uh the fbi guys showed up yeah. arrested the thieves um, they all got caught. Parrot sure. dances on a car. A parrot dances on a car whilst uh, everyone sort of, laughs. Yeah, everyone laughs at it, and it cuts to it freeze frames, and then cuts to credit. That's Home Alone three. Uh, what subplots are there? There's the creepy old chick across the street. Maybe she's in two scenes. The one who gives Kevin the car. Yes, it's an it's it's an old lady who's rude to somebody in a in an airport, and then yeah. um you um you said sa- she's sassing. Kevin she was sassing Kevin, um, but in, in in the way that old women do, so not in, in an entertaining way, just in a bit of an unsettling. Yeah, the way not kids, yeah. as I like to call them. Great. <laughs> um, I'll pretend way not kids. <laughs> she's almost killed by these um, by the international criminals. Yes, after a saucy interrogation scene, yeah. she is almost um, left very to... indecent. Oh dear! Mm-hmm. Don't. Don't. How does that cold breeze get on a your boner. old skin? Hoodie, go for the boner now! Now! Come on, Hoodie! Oh, it's t- <laughs> he's not. It's he's, freedom! No, he's just, he's just flying around it. <laughs> he's he's defending it. <laughs> he's defending it for my follow-up attacks. <laughs> oh, good Hootie. Sit, just yeah. Over, okay, good. So that that's and that's and that's one and that's and that and that's that's fine. There is another one. Um, major international criminal activity. Um, yes. With, with North Korea. Yes, there's yeah. a North Korean angle to the whole thing. They're hoping yes. to steal this chip and give it to America's enemies. Yeah. So it's not just a case of, um, this is my home and I don't want it to get robbed because it's important to me and it's the last connection I have to my family mm-hmm. who have suddenly gone missing and I don't understand why. Kevin McAllister style. Yes. Uh, this Kevin, uh, has to f- save the world. Yeah. Um, and I guess that is mentioned. But he gets like a thank you note from the government. Yeah. Be like, thanks for saving the world, Tim. I mean, the reason I mentioned subplots is because the main subplot to the first one. Yes. Is, um, throughout the film, you cut back to the mum racing to get home. Mm. That is her objective. She needs to get home to her kid and she's desperate and she's scared for her kid. Yeah. And meanwhile, we get this like power fantasy with Kevin where we get to see how much fun he's having on his own mm-hmm. and also by, um, uh, then seeing the the sort of sorrow he has that his family have gone and how he appreciates them and him learning to be a confident person and of his own it's a real yeah. character arc yeah for Macaulay Cole and I mean and I mean when you get to the end of the film I, I we 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 watched this last night I hadn't mm. seen this uh, Home Alone in a long time and I thought yeah. well before I start talking about how much I love Home Alone I need to just go back and uh, you know um, yeah ingratiate myself with the McAllisters and yeah. that the end. You know, after he thinks that he made his family disappear by wishing them gone. Yeah. And then suddenly she turns up. It's like Wicker Park or yeah. the, I'm sure, better original that it was based on. Yeah. And, and there's also the element that he doesn't forgive her immediately. Like, he's still a bit standoffish. Yeah. Like, hey, you left me here. And she, she like, apologizes. And that's all it took. Like, it's the apology. And then he just runs into her arms. Yeah. 
It's sweet, but it's really sweet. here the, the premise is it's a it's interesting. I'd say mm. that they've shifted the focus. This isn't a very rich family who have so many fucking kids that they don't notice when one is missing, and Kevin is therefore very put upon. In this family, there's only a few kids, but the family are having to work so hard to keep them afloat because there's a line. The mum has a line like, "You're making me choose between looking after my sick son and mm. making a ho- the house payment." Yes. I mean, that, that bespeaks a desperation that's yeah. missing from the first two, where they're actually, they're quite rich, and the mum's giving away her jewellery, but you never get a sense that this has much consequence for them, because at the beginning they just spend $123 on pizza, and it's not even yeah. a big deal. They live in a mansion. Yeah, I, I think that's what ad- adults are supposed to be able to do, isn't it? That's that's oh. that's the dream. Oh. But I mean, no, but they have, I mean, they have first class flights and stuff, and they're just willfully yeah. giving them away. And I mean, I suppose you would for your son, I think is the thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But the but, point is, you don't get the impression this is a real sacrifice. This no. isn't like, you know, oh, I have nothing, but I'm going to give that up yeah. in order to get back to my son. It's yeah. Just... And at the same time, it doesn't place Kevin the Third into much crisis. No, that's he, the thing. It's the, the, there's no real sense of peril no. because his family are never more than a few hours away. Yeah. Kevin McAllister is alone. He's home alone. Yeah. This is, he's a latchkey kid. You know, he's hes going to have to wait a few hours before his parents come home. And he could get the police if he really wanted. Yeah. It's nice to see a working class family involved in this one because it does add a little something. And maybe that's something that Roger Ebert saw in the film. Maybe. That it just adds to the stakes of it. This is a working mum. but has to go out and work. But li- living in England where every house is uh, is one and a half metres wide. Yes. Um, <laughs> They live in a sizable house. I, I think that you've correctly identified, I think, that that is an American thing. Yes. I wouldn't have necessarily said it was partic- um, like a particularly... It's not the first movie's house, which is ridiculous. No, true. But it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was a, a fairly house. large house. Everybody got a room. Yeah, unlike me, I slept standing up in my house. Um, in the kitchen. In the kitchen. I was tucked behind the ironing board. <laughs> and they left what? the iron on. <laughs> With the ironing board? Yeah. <laughs> you had to hold it above the ironing. <laughs> yeah, I had to actually hold it above my head. And I was like, Mum, what if I drop it? And she just shrugged. (laughs) So, well, that's it, isn't it? Mother's Day's over now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we don't know how they're going to pay for this fucked up house. (laughs) He's screwed up the house in a way Kevin didn't even do. He's got floorboards being smashed in, people smashing through the place and explosions and glass being broken. It's it's extraordinary, the things that happen to these burglars. Yeah. Um, Case in point, in Home Alone, he's able to clean up the house afterwards after the shenanigans, to the point that the only thing the family notices when they come home is a miss, mm. is that there's a gold tooth on the floor. Yeah. In this, there's like holes. That Where's the pool gone? <laughs> You've yeah. ruined the trampoline. But, and they, they, they do make a big point of the fact that the police had to kick in two doors the, t- yeah. the two times Kevin called the police and um, the police went to investigate. They kicked in the door both times. Yeah. Just so happy to have something to do. Yeah. Um, and they made a big deal of the fact that they had to pay to replace the their neighbors doors because yeah. of the because of the there was a supposedly hoax calls so there's stakes there yeah. there's stakes in terms of this is relates to international security yeah a lot of stakes but no peril but this, but it's because the stakes are forced yeah. into the into the film in the in the first one they're going away on holiday and already you've got um a pair of criminals setting up their plan to rob each of the houses yeah. from there's there's that and then kevin is dropped into that situation yeah he's dropped into that situation <clears throat> in home alone 3 he's just at home meandering about just yeah. doing what a kid would do on his own just sort of tinkering and just yeah. being adorable and then they throw this this massive criminal crime thing 
on top of it. Yeah. And and what that does, it create like it creates this just like super black hole of crazy tone shifts. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, you, you you start off with this this um this front room criminal deal. Yeah, and where where they're like, this is this is gonna bring the world to its knees. Whoever I think they go, whoever controls, whoever has this chip, control control the region as he uh. strokes the blueprints. And, and <laughs> that's right. And and they're shown when they're going through the airport, they're very like competent and very cool and confident criminals. Uh. And then, and then you've got this like wisecracking kids, and then suddenly the two the two worlds collide because they yeah. as they just inexplicably lose this chip. Yeah, it's like Transformers when it cuts from the sort of high stakes robot fight at the beginning to just suburban America, and yeah. it's like, you know, oh, sweetie Sam, you're late for school, and it's like, mm. what's happening now? Are you masturbating? <laughs> yeah. It's, I can't believe that was said in Home Alone three. That was um, extraordinary. Oh, it's, um, yeah. But this is the issue with um, with this this third one. They're very yeah. They're very serious. Apart from one of the guys, they're very serious criminals. All of them. There are yeah, three straight, straight men, and um, for them to like to then to then walk into these traps and just start going. <laughs> That's a tonal shift, my friend. That's it. It really it's, is. It's very, it's very distracting. It's very jarring, and it yeah. also completely undercuts the yeah. comedy because every single aspect of what made the original ones has been subverted. First yeah. of all, the reactions from the people are cartoony. Yes, it's not genuine pain. Yeah, it's like subverted kind of dull. Yeah, so that kids don't have to get too scared. Yeah. This is what all of this is in favor of. It's not scaring kids. That's mm. first. Second, um, you put wacky music. Mm to it so you've got the sort of bumbling piano music in the background so that it detracts from it and then worst of all you add sound effects in the first one when someone got hit in the face by a brick Hmm. it sounded like a brick hitting someone's face and it sounded hilarious because it was so unexpectedly brutal yeah there's a scene where marv whacks um harry with a um a crowbar and there's a crunch to it he whacks him on the chest and there's a sort of crack from his sternum it's just so unpleasant it's you delicious. laugh yeah it, it is it makes you laugh and i think it makes kids laugh yeah in it, this there would be a boink there would be a boink or yeah. the sound of bowling a bowling yeah. ball hitting pins like a consist you can't be so inconsistent and get like a reaction from the audience if you're going to have serious criminals coming in and doing it then the violence i mean the violence doesn't have to be brutal but it has to be a bit more believable and if you're going to be serious then they need to be like they need to be really frustrated and and just be like why is this kid beating us yeah yeah. this is insane um (laughs) but they're not they're they're serious up until violence 
and then they, yeah. and then they start they just like loop like jump around like Looney Tunes. <laughs> they they become they become cartoon characters, and it's like I mean, Joe Pesci's like reaction when yeah. he's hit by something and he's going the next thing that's going to come out of his mouth is motherfucker isn't it it's, it's like i'm gonna <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna bite you i'm gonna cut your dad open and make him bleed into your mum, and i'm gonna and I, i'm just gonna chew your teeth yeah and ev- just do all these like horrible all the things. joe pesci things yeah all the things that joe pesci does on a day-to-day basis he uh cry yeah, you get dogs. that sense of anger and that adds to the the stakes it's like yeah. oh my god he's just hit him in the face with a with a paint can yeah What's going to happen next? Yeah. I want to give this movie some credit. Yeah. It tried to be a different movie from Home Alone, which is more than Home Alone 2 did. I know you enjoy it quite a bit, but Home Alone 2 yeah. was very similar to Home Alone 1. Yes. And I think the qualities of Home Alone 2 are the things that are carried over from Home, mm. Home Alone 1. This movie tried to be different. I have a list of all the things. And Tim Curry. Has, and Tim Curry, of course. I have a list here of the things that it has in common with Home Alone. Okay, go for it. There's an older brother. Yes. There's a buzzer like. Yeah. There is a... Who, who has a pet. In this case, a parrot, not a spider. Yeah. The little boy is shown early on to be good with firearms. Mm-hmm. I will say, this film had better foreboding in terms of his abilities. We see mm. him at the beginning having invented a weird sort of pulley mechanism. Yeah, there's some great like some great setups. They, yeah, yeah, he's established as a boy genius. Yes, he's good at things. A tinkering Bruce. <laughs> a tinkery Bruce. As opposed to a kid who can't do anything for himself, which is literally what is said of Kevin mm. at the beginning. And yet, over the course of the movie, by method of shaving himself yeah. and uh, riding a, sk- a sleigh down some stairs, he yeah. learns how to be a, a boy genius. Mm. Um, people can't tell the difference between televisions and real people. Um, Kevin fooled several people in Home mm-hmm. Alone by playing the television, and people would think that it's someone in the room. But and in this, it happens with an answering yes. machine. There's a bit where there's a bit where a criminal sticks his head through an aperture, mm. sees Kevin, and um, in the first movie, Kevin says hello. Mm. In this movie, um, Kevin says hi. Yeah, and then a bad thing happens to him. Yes, an animal is placed onto uh, a thief's body, and uh, an associate tries to hit it, and mm-hmm. the animal moves, and the associate just hits the associate. Yes, and finally, the kindly sort of misunderstood elder character saves the day by hitting a thief. Yeah. No, that didn't happen this time, did it? He was thwarted by the gun mix-up. Oh yeah. Kevin yeah. takes his gun. Yes. And replaces it with a with two duplicate guns he had. Yes. Uh, in a very contrived sequence. In a godlike uh, <laughs> move there. Yeah, he really can fucking just tell what the enemies are going to yeah. do. What these villains are going to just do. Those are the similarities. Yeah. So the, the the difference between establishing Kevin the Third as a boy genius and having um the real Kevin McAllister. Yeah. Um I like the way you're that, calling him Kevin the Third, yeah. as if Kevin from Kevin uh, Home Alone Two was an entirely different Kevin he was, from he, the Kevin in the first No, one. he he was a hologram. <laughs> he he, oh, he okay. was a hologram because um the end of Home Alone is 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 kind of like an inception thing. They kind of they kind of went in that direction. And, um, Do you mean like a post-death sequence in which Marv just killed him straight up? Um, Nobody came to rescue him, and then it's all a they post-death. Threw him into a, yeah, they threw him into a big propellers in a wind tunnel. Oh my and god. And they were like, he's entered the dream state. So they had to get a um, hologram for the next film. And That's why what, the second they, one's what, so much more contrived than the first yeah. one, is because it's all just... It's a hologram, and he's learned nothing new. Yeah. But in, in the first one, he has to... He has to learn all of this stuff, and it yeah. makes me care about the real Kevin McAllister more sure. than the 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 like. I'm more invested in his his story okay. and his journey. Yeah. Whereas um, this kid is just like a, an identikit, um, precocious boy genius, and it's like here he is, ready made. He's <laughs> from beginning from beginning to end. He can take care of himself. Um, 
Yeah, you're right. It adds the, to the whole fact that nobody really learns anything during this film. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but those are the only real similarities. The entire scenario is different in worse ways, of course, but I have to give it credit for trying to be different. Mm. It's very strange that John Hughes was involved. He was the writer of the original yeah. movie, and here he is writing this movie, and it's very bizarre that he's come back to this universe and decided to make such an odd film, kind of changing it. Maybe he didn't like the direction Home Alone 2 went in. Reminded of Gremlins. Joe Dante came back for Gremlins 2 after no one else wanted to do it. And he said, okay, fine, I'll make Gremlins 2. And he made a film that completely satirized and tore apart Gremlins. Mm. Gremlins 2 has all the same scenes that Gremlins has, but each one subverts or makes fun of it. Okay. And there's a way of doing it. Maybe this was his version of doing that. Yeah. Less overt. And I mean, to to be fair, when we were going through, I I, I found once the film, I, I mean, this is accepting, this is excluding the final 40 minutes. Yeah, because sure. Because it was a disappointment. Once once the film gets into the swing of him being this 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 kid, uh, home alone. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there was one particular bit where he's just he's just like bimbling around the house that leads into him setting out with this car with the camera tied to the top of it and i found that moving through the snow and going into the other house had a real wonderful like pacing to it there was something really um quite hypnotic about it almost (laughs) so i was really enjoying it up until (laughs) the point where they grabbed the car and hijinks into you right yeah um yeah there, there, there were there were moments where i kind of felt yeah, I felt things. like it was. <laughs> yeah, I think I felt. I felt things. Yeah, I felt a thing. Yeah, in a movie that I was watching, yeah. it was really in, confusing. In, in Doshans, but whether it was a case of biting off more than it could chew, or or just the Paul Greengrass problem of a screenwriter not knowing enough about what he's writing about. Yes. To um to do it effectively. Yes. Um, I'm not sure. So I guess kudos for 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 trying to do something a little bit different. Yeah, I, I think ultimately he just lost track of what made the first yeah. so great, and I can't but feel that the director wanted to diminish the effects yeah. of having such a sort of striking premise as Home Alone, yeah. and I think that just completely defanged it. Make a, but, new, make a different film then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Make, make a sort of bumbly kids film movie. Yeah. Alright, let's talk good things. Yeah. So let's, let's quick fire some good things. The, f- the first... No, the second scene with the criminals... Uh, when they're they're looking for the the toy car they've misplaced, and they will go off looking for one, and it's like mm. there are no there's no one on the sh- the the New York, the Il- Illinois, and the Washington flights. We've checked all the bags, and then somebody else comes in, and it's like I've done this lounge and this lounge and this lounge, and there's nothing. And then a guy comes in, and he, and he says, "When I was in the John, I didn't see anything in there." And there's a <laughs> perfect pause yeah. in the middle of that sentence. When I was in the John. <laughs> I didn't see anything in there. I, I said earlier, I, I, I kind of thought maybe the director said, well, you know, just run with it. Yeah. Just see what you can get out of it. Do something, you know, do something a bit wacky. And the yeah. other th- there was that guy and then the other three people went, I don't, but the script. Maybe I could have an accent. <laughs> Which one? There's an accent. Yeah. Just an immigrant one. <laughs> um, there was a line in which... Um, Kevin's mum is telling him that he she's not going to be home. And so he says, what if there's a fire? And she says, well, you'll dial 911. What if there's social unrest? Mm. And she, she says, I don't, I don't know what she says to that because I was just chuckling at that line. Uh, but then he goes into a weird, long thing as the third thing. But social unrest took me by surprise and made me smile. Well, at least that's one of us. Yeah. Um, I've got Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson was incredible in this film. Yeah. She um, plays Kevin's older sister who yeah. teases him for... um. 
crank calling the cops, possibly out of worry, mm. you know, like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. I'm going to tease you. But there's real malice. Now that you've pranked the cops twice, it goes on your permanent record. For the rest of your life, if you call for help, it won't come. And even worse. The world laughs, Alex. You've stained the family name. Yeah. <laughs> In her eyes. And there's a wonderful smile of sort of. Yeah. And it, and it just, it really hits home just the natural talent that some people have. So yeah. Like just to bring charisma to a film. Yeah. She, like, her presence in this film is kind of like, like the relapse of an alcoholic in, in like, opening that first cool beer and just the, the, the sweet, sweet bliss of charisma. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> she was good. Yes. I but agree. comparatively, like, <laughs> Compa- yeah, like you're right. It was a lot like that feeling. Yeah. It's like being sucked through the Renaissance room in, uh, the end, at the end of 2001. Yeah, I got that. I got that feeling from her. Cool. She was a lot like Wednesday Adams. She made me laugh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Those three examples are on a part. Good. Um, yeah, there were some good stunts. Mm. There were some good stunts in the movie. They were just ruined by bad sound effects. Yeah. I've got... I wrote that? down, uh, currently not that annoying. I think that was about 20 <laughs> minutes into the film. <laughs> There's a scene... This is the dumbest thing, really. There's a scene where they intercept a phone call. So one of the thieves calls the mum to say, hey, did your son have one of those little radio cars? Because my son's has gone missing. Mm. Um, and she's like, oh, no, he wouldn't have taken it. He already has one of those cars. Not realizing it's the thief thinking it's another boy's mother. Um, and Kevin quickly is like, no, 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 that's the thief and hangs up. And the mum's like, you just hung up on that mum. And she's like, no, she's not a mum. Mm. She's a thief. And um, she's like, well that's ridiculous and she's like well if you don't believe it call her look here's a directory of all the um num- numbers of the mums you mm. know in this area she finds the mum gives her a call and there's a shot of the computer which says outgoing call and it lists the number 555 obviously mm. and he clicks intercept and then directs redirects it to one of the thieves phones yes that was one of the most passable and yet believable computer interfaces i've ever seen depicted on a film it wasn't yeah. fucking um, Blair from The Thing typing in questions into <laughs> his computer or like Dallas yeah. in Alien doing the same. Yeah, And it wasn't true. like some ho- hyper ridiculous visualized Jurassic Park style. I've got to move from one phone to another using like a video game interface. Yeah. It was a, a proper interface that was understandable to the audience. Yeah, it's a rocky relationship Hollywood's had with that kind of thing. Yes. And, um, I guess that was that was tame. Props to John Hughes. Yeah. He's much better than Paul Greengrass. <laughs> I've got uh, Scrubs janitor, janitor from Scrubs, and uh, the Kimball guy from The Fugitive. He was uh, he had a cameo in this film, or it probably wasn't a cameo at this stage. It was just him, like early, yeah, just in it. Early Scrubs janitor movie role. He was in it, and that was that was fun. I got That's to tell cool. you tell you about that. Yes, we got to interact, have okay. a real human interaction. We looked at each other, which um was intense, yeah, and beautiful. Which we try way. we try not to do. We try not to do because it, we just can't help ourselves. Yes, they um they had a woman thief, as we've alluded to a few times before, and they weren't shy about hurting her. Yes. <laughs> Often we feel that films are too shy about subjecting women to the same physical treatment as its male characters, mm. even if the um female characters, you know, have been justified as warranting that kind of treatment as much yeah. as the men. So like thieves are breaking into a house. Um as a film, our philosophy is that it's okay to do bad things to thieves. Yeah. But if they're a woman 
mm, maybe you should go a bit gentle. Go easy on her. Go a bit easy. You know, she's a woman. She's, she's just delicate. not. She's delicate. Yeah. She should be protected. Um, that that's the idea here. But they don't do that. No. The the, the female thief is subjected to just as much physical. Yeah. Um, trials as the male thieves. Um, all of which are great, except are undercut by sound effects, as we've already discussed. Yes. It's not quite the raid two. She doesn't no. get an axe buried in her face, <laughs> but it's a, it's a step there. I mean, this was only 1997, folks. Yeah, Jesus. I mean, if you compare that to, you know, contemporaries of the day, what did you have? Wild Wild West, in which Salma Hayek is still the, 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 um, damsel to be saved. Yeah. I mean, even, even, uh, Avengers straight into that a bit with, um, Scott. In Black the second Widow. one. In yeah. the second one. The first one was solid. Yeah. The second one, she did need to be rescued by the Hulk. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate. Scarlett Johansson of this movie would never have put up with that shit. No. She had just <laughs> looked at them and everyone's faces would have exploded. <laughs> Alex himself wasn't that, um, wasn't that annoying. Wasn't oh. as annoying as I remember. Uh, he was fine, this kid, this Kevin. But mom, what about dragons, giant spiders, mummies, the living dead, and other figments of my imagination? Alex, I can't help you there. Only you can control your imagination. That's a scary thought. There was a scene after they all, they all got really injured chasing the car around where they were sharing an ice pack. <laughs> yeah. And um, as they were talking about how to get this car back, the, the ice pack was going from being passed around from person to person and they were applying it to their various their various cuts and bruises. <laughs> well, that's good. And that was, that was, that was cool. Um, the jump into the pool, I thought, looked really cool. They um they jump onto what they think is a trampoline, but it's actually hollow. And they jump down, and it's um it's not slow motion. They go through the pool. There's no music. There's no bad sound effects. Straight through the trampoline, through the pool, and the uh, the ice is exploding and shattering, and it has impact, and it feels cool. The the, the floorboards at the front of the house, I think, which fell mm. in, and uh, a couple of people fell through. <laughs> After the woman fell through, there mm. was an air like a, a bird's eye view of the floorboards coming back up, and the way they they're on a on like an axle, I think, mm. on a pivot, and they came back up and like rocked into place. And the way it looked was kind of like a great beast having swallowed a hole, and it just kind of went yum yum yum, and then back to <laughs> and then back to static. I only have one last good okay. thing to talk about, and that is after Kevin has escaped the house, he thinks I think that the fees are too injured to come after him. Which, to be fair, three out of four of them are. Um, he comes to the house and he's unstrapping the old lady from her chair, mm. and suddenly something gets his attention. He looks behind him and there's a shot of the window and beyond the window you can see the snow and like the yard um, and the wind just gently moves the curtains and it's very quiet and then he turns around again and there's something else there's like more it reminded me of Andre Tarkovsky the way you had the sort of stark wilderness yeah. outside and then the sort of very flimsy constraints of mankind's creation which is the house mm. sort of just barely protecting them from the elements outside. Yeah. Uh, with the wind just creeping in, just this idea of you're not home yet. There's still this coldness getting in, and there's a little bit of anticipation, and it's real. It really builds. Yes, I remember that. It filled me with a with a like the same sort of dread that I felt in uh, No Country for Old Men when I heard yeah. the uh, the um, blips. Oh yes, the, yeah, increasing in, in frequency. That's right. So it was getting um, closer to Quillan. Yeah, Ross. it just suddenly gave me this uh, impression of something being very wrong and something bad about to happen. Yeah, I got a real sense of that dread. Which this director, uh, Roger Gosnell, uh, you know, will eventually bring to um, Scooby Doo. So, I think that's it. Yeah. Thanks very much, everyone. <laughs> thanks, everyone.
So first off, thanks to uh, Liz and Tony of Avoid Being Hated uh, for that suggestion. Thanks everyone for listening. We're just two film men with one Twitter page and that page is OGTPod. On Twitter and Facebook, we have an email address as well, which is OGTPod at gmail.com. You can like, rate, subscribe to us on iTunes, tell a friend, or just give us your ideas. We feed on bad films. It's like my cornflakes and uh, Paul's still breathing roadkill that he finds every Saturday along the hard shoulder of the M25. Go and show your support, everyone. (laughs) And yeah, thanks thanks very much, everyone. We're getting a lot of people listening all over the world, and I think that's quite good. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm. Yep, so join us next week for the last week of Recommendations Month. Uh, We've got something real special lined up for after that. So uh, yeah, keep on trucking. (laughs) I've run out of things to say. (laughs) I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And remember... The one good thing about Home Alone 3 is... Wait, wait, what was that? Hootie, no! Ah!